the pieces that I would say entail off of that is first of all, there, it's not a harshness, but a firmness to enforce this. And when I say enforce, that instantly brings authoritarian. I'm not trying to say it that way, that insist that this is the right way. Yeah. If, if this is what you've been taught, then hold to that. And because there are other people that are going to try to twist it, move it, uh, curve it. And no, no, this is the right way. And this is the right life that mm. follows from that. Because he also, I mean, he talks about this is the right way. You can see these teachers, you can see by what they teach, by what they live, and where they end up by following that trail. Dr. Sean Craig Miles, it is a pleasure to have you join us on the podcast today, sir. Thank you for joining Faith in the Folds. Thank you for having me. I really, really, really appreciate it. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah. Sean and I uh, have gone, uh, go back all the way to, uh, to our time together at Asbury Seminary in the bustling metropolis of Wilmore, Kentucky, all two stoplights <laughs> that it had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> that's where we, that's where we first met. And and happened to be uh, in the same friend group because, well, we were all the PhD New Testament students. Um, so, Sean, met you at Asbury Seminary. Help us get to know you a little bit. Where did you go to school before then? Uh, tell us a little bit about your work at Asbury and, and what you're doing these days. Sure. You know, well, I started off with an economics uh, background from uh, University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. And as Jordan Guy would say, represent. And so... <laughs> Jordan Guy gets a shout out here on the podcast. That, that, the uh, first shout out of the day, but he always used to do that. And definitely not the last, let's be honest. Not the, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so I started off at the uh, University of Illinois, and then I pastored in, um, in Illinois and um, uh, in Wisconsin. And then I came back to Trinity Evangelical Divinity School and pursued my uh, Master of Arts in New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, really wanted to get into the languages, just had not had that, not had that opportunity. It was not that there weren't doors open. I was too foolish to walk through them when I could have. And so a little bit later on, when I still had some hair left, I went ahead after that and uh, then moved from, yeah. So Careful. self-deprecating too, right? I, yeah, I, no, I, but, like, I wasn't even going to go there. Yeah, you, yeah, it's it's the low-hanging fruit. But um, Was that long ago, Sean? It really, really was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so then we uh, got picked up with just like you were blessed to be able to be picked up into Asbury's doctoral program. I was just, I think I was just one year ahead of you that I came there, right? Or was it two? Uh, I started in 2014. I think you were 2012. Yeah, it was 2012. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. So maybe it was two years. And um, uh, I was always slow. So you caught up with me quickly. So that's no problem. But, uh, (laughs) and uh, really enjoyed it, enjoyed Wilmore. And then, as you mentioned, we were involved in a church, local church there. So we have a lot more churches than stoplights in Wilmore, Kentucky. That is very true. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. there's it's no like doubt a ratio of, of like three to one or four to one yeah there really is yeah and so then actually after i got uh finished with the program um i pastored outside and a lot of kentucky things are named after places you know like you know the cane ridge revival that might be important to some folks in your movement i, you know, I don't know I, i've heard I, hints and rumors <laughs> That's right. right yeah not wars and rumors of wars just hints and no rumors. just hints and rumors <laughs> <laughs> allegations maybe but uh <laughs> And so uh, we were on the big, the big red stone church there, Mount Freedom. So Mount Freedom Baptist was named after Mount Freedom. Yeah. And then I went out to pastor right outside of town, Clover Bottom Baptist. Okay. I, I, I at first thought that you were going to say that they put you out to pasture. but Yeah, no, uh, that, no they tried went, that. Yeah. Okay. They went I found a congregation pastor. out there. <laughs> yeah. If anybody has made it this far into the episode, it's going to be like this the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate, but hang in there, folks. Hang in there. It'll be sanctified in a moment. Yeah. Um, but uh, so then um, from there, and I, and I, and I was open and honest with that congregation what I, that I wanted to get into teaching. Mm-hmm. I felt that's what the calling was. Didn't know when that would open up. If it didn't open up, I was out there and it did open up here at Warner University down in Lake Wales, Florida, the the 
one place in Florida nobody's ever heard of, I guess. Yeah. But uh, it's kind of, it's really dead center. It's uh, Route 27 coming down, which this is an amazing piece of it. Mm-hmm. That Route 27 is the infamous Route 27 that is Nicholasville Road up by up in Kentucky. Well, is that, that's the same the U.S. Same 27. The same 27 snakes all the way down. It doesn't get any better down here, except Floridians don't use turn signals. So it's a little bit even more hazard. Um, but so Lake Wales is along that Route 27, pretty much. You have not moved day. like one bit away from was no, it Harrodsburg not. Road. Is that what it was? Or? Yeah, there, yeah, Harrodsburg Road was the one road that came in, but Nicholasville Road was at uh, 27 right. over there. That's yep, right. Ran Harrodsburg was like 58 or something. Yeah. And so then we're down here and um, really have enjoyed it. It's a different uh, community down here. The place How long have you been know, down there? We came down here early 2018. And okay. so that was in the spring semester. I started teaching some uh, summer classes and um, got right into the fall. And uh, so we, most of our student body here is from the Florida area, mm-hmm. uh, greater Florida area, a lot from central Florida. Um, and so been teaching Bible classes, ministry classes, introduction to the faith. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Is, that a, is there a particular denominational affiliation with that school? It is. And uh, now this is not a group that I had been with before, but it was, it's Church of God Anderson. And I didn't understand all the distinctions. Yeah, Anderson, Ohio, right? Anderson, Indiana. Indiana, that's right. Yes. And then there's the My apologies to Indianans and Ohioans. Yeah, work with them. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) and so, and it's been interesting to also get to know the Church of God and their distinctives. And, um, you know, there's so many different movements that started up. And And I want to be careful to call groups movements sure yeah. there were movements um and those have sustained and perhaps changed form over the years i mean we we've known of other different movements as well and uh so church of god anderson is one of them warner is one of those schools that originally was set aside by pastors to raise up people to serve the church yeah yeah so. very cool and so you've been down there since about 2018 or so yes. it'd be another podcast for another time would be to ask how has COVID changed higher education? I'm I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a number of answers and things that we could dig into, but mm-hmm. we're not here for that. <laughs> no, not this time. We are here for this uh, this short collection of three letters that are affectionately called the pastoral epistles, First and Second mm-hmm. Timothy and Titus. Sean, why do people generally refer to these as the pastoral epistles? You know, the, the main reason is because of the content, mm-hmm. because these deal with uh, what has been regarded as the pastoral issues, the order of the church, um, the qualifications of the bishop, or the qualifications of the elders or the deacons, and um, also the pastoral issues, like how do you actually conduct ministry? kind of like a Richard Baxter, the reformed pastor, like, how do you actually do this? What should, what are the the goals? What are the aims and also the means and the manner in which it should be done. And so there's these very much pastoral concerns, but I like the, the term it's good, but boy, there's some really deep doctrine here as well. Yeah. And it assumes, you know, those doctrines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I have always envisioned too, that, um, pastoral in the sense that paul is playing the role of pastor absolutely to uh, timothy and titus here two guys that are younger than himself he he both refers refer he refers to both of them as his sons in the faith right and it's neat to see you know like being congregational ministry myself you with your experience in congregational ministry it it's reassuring to see somebody with paul's cloud taking the time to say, hey, you know, there, there are other people out there that I really need to invest in and, and kind of pour myself into so they can continue on the work that God has given the church. That's, yeah, that's you incredibly know, helpful. He's a pastor to pastors, and that's, that's yes. hard because in our society, like in the secular world, we usually talk about maybe mentors, mm-hmm. and, uh, but th- this is more than that. This is more intimate than that and for a greater concern and for a higher purpose. Yeah. And this is the center of his life. So, yeah. Yeah. So we call these the pastoral epistles. Does (laughs) that give us any any clue of to 
what kind of uh, genre, what kind of literary type are we looking at? Does that, is yeah. it self-explanatory? Help us, uh, help us know, understand what kind of literature we're dealing with. Well, and I'm going to say how I grew up as a little boy back when we had the uh, one big Bible for the whole family, you know, and it's usually you said um, the, uh, back the in first, the eighties. Yeah. Back in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, that was our pocket new Testament. Yeah, the other one couldn't leave the house because um, right. it was chained to the bookshelf. Chained to the bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and under those titles, it was the you know first epistle of the apostle Paul to Timothy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, and this is the hard part of this. That term has almost become a, a divisive term for some. This epistle, like a letter written for a broader audience, mm-hmm. kind of like the way we talk, talk about today not maybe the same intent, but we have these open letters, an open letter to North American evangelicals, an open letter to, we're writing it to somebody, the editor of some magazine or something, the person we address it to, but we want it to be read in a wider audience. Yeah. And so um, when we say a letter, that's particular, I'm writing a letter to this person. Yeah. I want to inform you of things. You might share it with some people, but the primary intention is to go to you. The hardest part that people maybe uh, struggle with, with uh, these letters is they're claimed to be letters, mm-hmm. but they also look like there's things there that are intended for other people reading from the outside to benefit from and to be yeah. guided by. Yeah, there's some things I, I had mentioned earlier before we started recording that uh, I read through them today again to mm-hmm. kind of brush back up on you know, what's going on with these um, so we can have a more profitable conversation. And as I, was, as I was reading through these, there were a few times where I thought to myself, why would Paul need to mention this? These guys already know this. Like, mm-hmm. why would he need to make that aware? I, uh, maybe we can dig into that later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sure. yeah, so epistle is maybe roughly analogous to today's literary convention of the open letter. Right. Where maybe something like Romans mm-hmm. could be legitimately viewed as an epistle. It's like an open letter to to the to the christians in you know gathered in the churches in rome whereas these particular letters or these three letters have a particular individual or primarily a particular individual in mind and then maybe their close circle beyond them is that fair yes and that's you know that's a good uh thing you said there too about the this idea of um you know there's open letters and there's also just sometimes that we have um Again, I'll be dating myself. You'll have to tell me if you grew up with this in the church. When we would get a missionary letter, yeah, a missionary yeah. letter, like was a missionary usually, report or something. Like absolutely, that. yeah. And they were, of course, were usually addressed to the pastor or the head of the mission board or whoever was in the church. Mm-hmm. But of course, we would have those maybe on a Sunday evening. Those would be read to everybody. Now that's when you're dating yourself. The Sunday evening service. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. They, <laughs> that was a thing. Yeah, back in the '70s, that was a thing. It went out with bell bottoms, but you know, work with them. <laughs> I do remember them in the '90s, at least. Not the bell bottoms, but the Sunday evening. Service. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The bell bottoms were long gone. Yeah, the Sunday evenings held on a little longer. Yeah, but that that kind of an idea of I'm writing to you, but these are things of concern, matters of prayer, matters of just to be informing you about how things are progressing, yeah. especially if you're supporting me. Yeah. That's not so much what's going on with these, but it is, I'm telling you this, Timothy, but your folks that you're ministering to, they need to know this too. This is valuable for the order in the church. This is yeah. valuable for the whole congregation. Yeah. And so almost as if, you know, Paul through Timothy and through Titus can reach even more people in their in their circle. Yeah. It, it may be even giving them kind of points or, you know, Paul sort of subtly saying, Hey, you know, if I were there, if I were able to get there, uh, here's the kinds of things that I would mention to these other folks too, that you might be working with. You know, and there's a subtle thing here because Paul's wise and we talk about rhetoric and rhetoric gets a bad, the moment I bring that up, somebody thinks something bad about it, Yeah. but only we have a desire to persuade people or move people in a direction. It can yeah. be a good one. Yeah. And Paul can say to, to Timothy, this is what these deacons need to be. This is what the bishop ought to be. But he's also saying that to those people. This isn't just a Timothy thing that he's coming up with as the new guy. Remember, this is coming from the Apostle Paul. This, he, he expects this, and it's right. I expect it too, but he also expects it, and even more so, Christ expects it. Mm-hmm. And so there's that appeal to authority there. You should live this way. You should align yourself with this Christ way that he's presenting. Yeah. 
And so for our genre, then we've got letters, specific ad addressee, but with uh, maybe a little bit more uh, an additional audience or yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit more robust readership than uh, than are just one individual. If and we can bring it up even then... to the 2000s, maybe we'd do this. Like, have you ever CC'd somebody in an email? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. that, that communicates, though. Like that, I like that analogy. Yeah, but that's, yeah. that's essentially, yeah. Like, you've got a primary recipient, but then, hey, this is also relevant for this you know, handful of other folks. Absolutely. You, you need to know this, too. Yeah. You CC'd um, them. <laughs> it, uh, Sean, it feels like you've, uh, you've got a lot of committee work <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. under your belt too. There, yeah, right? there's that. Yeah. A lot of people on it. You know, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but with that, uh, particular genre, then that does give us some indication of their aims. It's like, Hey, you know, here is, here is what you do need to be doing. Right. Let me encourage you. Let me, uh, let me persuade you. You know, mm -hmm. it, it pers persuading Timothy and Titus, um, not at all with any kind of admonition or mm -hmm. anything like that, right? The pastoral epistles are not Galatians. Mm -hmm. At no point mm -hmm. does Paul, you know, rail on these guys and say, I, who has bewitched you, right? Mm -mm. Yeah. At no point yeah, you don't get that like tone that. at all. No. Yeah. But it is an encouragement. You know what to do, and I'm encouraging you to continue to do it. Yeah. And here's some of the opposition that you'll face in doing it. And here's what you still need to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yep. That gives us kind of a broad overview of sort of uh, the kinds of expectations we can have when we uh, turn to these uh, delightful letters. Mm -hmm. What are some of the major emphases that we uh, can expect to see? Because it feels like there's a lot of overlapping content. If you're to sit down and read one, two, and three of first, second Timothy and Titus, all three in, a, in one setting, like I did earlier today, there's a lot of overlapping content that is surprising. Yeah. And that's a, the, an interesting thing you bring up there too. But here's the thing. People are people and churches in some way are churches and there's congregation. I'm going to start off with that. Yeah. People, people are, are people. people. <laughs> and, and there's some of the things that he, that pastors face. Mm -hmm. There are issues that they face. There are common things that didn't just happen. Uh, they continue to happen. And, and that's one of the things I would just say that is an interesting one that you, you, we talked about a little bit before we started recording. I'm just looking at the scriptures. I'll mention just a couple yeah. to get that kind of yeah, feel. You, you've, got your, you've got your Bible uh, software up in front of you there. Yeah. And so like one of them is, and it's interesting when you start off with a negative. I won't even go there. Kevin, you know me when I start out, when you say, don't, not this, but instead this, I'm not going there. We're not even starting that. Sean is not going to give us a, a discussion about his published dissertation, his, about his dissertation yeah. on, uh, on the Greek phrase, not this, but that in, yeah, was it in the gospel of Matthew. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's not what I'm going for, but <laughs> I will say that what Paul starts off with in like one three, and this is a, in the context of teaching or doctrine. First Timothy one three, yeah. First Timothy one three. As I urged you when I was going to Macedonia, remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting thing because again, we've got to split it up into two different words, but it literally be like not to other teach. Yeah. Not to other teach. Yeah. In other words, there's a package. There's something we've been taught. I've been taught it. I've taught you and you need to urge people not to teach something that doesn't line up with that. Yeah. There's like a factory edge here. There's a level you've been given this level mm -hmm. and there's other folks trying to teach something that is other than that. And it's hard because sometimes the word gets translated doctrine. It comes out teaching. Um, and we might even look at that. There might be some places even be better in our language today to even say training. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so that's one of them. And yeah. uh, let me do the other one. So for one seven continues that idea. There's some of them that want to be teachers of the law. You can guess what's going on there. They want to be law teachers. Mm -hmm. Now, one ten gives us that Paul is probably not talking about all the same things we're talking about. Now, some of the things I want to say here in one ten are a little, a little tougher. Are you yeah. okay with that? Yeah, we'll roll with it. We take a deep breath. I'm going to be reading from the ESV. So call the publishers <laughs> there if you have an issue. Okay. Um, and actually, maybe 
let's go back one verse to keep it in context the one nine yeah um understanding this that the law is not laid down for the just but for the lawless the disobedient the ungodly the sinners the unholy the profane those who strike their fathers and mothers for murderers the sexually immoral men who practice homosexuality enslavers liars perjurers and whatever else is contrary this is the amazing thing to sound doctrine to sound teaching this is the first example uh in this collection of letters where paul uses this phrase what how is typically translated sound doctrine correct yeah. yes right. like healthy whole hail doctrine and then that's the key to the word that's usually translated sound yeah it does mean something like it, it's actually a verb mm -hmm. in, in greek i was looking at that earlier too it's a verb in greek and it means to be in good health yes or to experience wholeness or wellness or yeah. something like that yeah all right so back us up just a second paul just threw out a list of vices mm -hmm. of of what could be described as spiritually unhealthy behaviors right and then then describes how these things are opposite to healthy i.e sound teaching or doctrine so what we were geeking out about this before we started recording talk to us about this very sound doctrine what is going on here and this is where it challenges me and this is first of all where i've got to accept and i want to be a model to it of being wrong <laughs> okay because first of all i have my in my own upbringing sound doctrine meant right yeah it was the correct things what you mm -hmm. ought to say given what is written yeah and this is a little different. This is what you should have been doing, given what is written and mm -hmm. what you know of Christ. And it's interesting because sound doctrine isn't just that it lines up with what is in the theology manual. This lines up with the Christ way. And if I dare bring in another word, the Torah, the instruction, the Christ instruction for how you ought to live. And what they're living is contrary to the Torah, to the instruction, to the sound, healthy teaching that comes from Christ, that we pass down to you, that other yeah. people are teaching different than. So let's go to the chase here then, sure. this phrase that Paul uses in 1 Timothy 1.10, which we will get to. He also uses, again, one time in 2 Timothy and one time in Titus, by the way. Mm -hmm. It occurs one time in each of these three letters. This phrase that Paul uses here is not referring specifically to the correctness of one's doctrine about you know a particular broad category like theology or no. you know Christology or you know uh, pneumatology or anything of those right like study of no. God Jesus Holy Spirit that's not what Paul's referring to it, and that's what he's ethical. correcting me on and that's what yeah. he's correct yes and it's and it's helpful I'll tell you the place that helps me with it um is first timothy 6 3 first okay. timothy 6 3 might be yeah. a good one um uh to talk about that kind of thing and uh just to say okay so what let's let's see it like first timothy 6 3 what do, if anyone teaches a different doctrine we've already had these other teachers mm -hmm. and does not agree with the sound words of our lord jesus christ does he again use the that same, same exact that same, root, same. like yes. healthy or something like that yes the yeah. healthy sound whole words they if i almost over translate the shalom words <laughs> you know we haven't i got to do one more shout out you remember our friend pavo tucker and we would another shout out i've got his uh published dissertation right there there it is yeah and and so one of the things we would joke with each other you know shalom in its deepest and fullest sense to you you know <laughs> you know and so have some fun with it but you get the idea it's it's what's whole it's what's sound it's what's healthy it's yeah. as things should be mm -hmm. and so now getting coming back to that first uh, uh timothy 6 3 if anyone teaches a different doctrine does not agree with those sound words yeah. of our lord jesus christ and the teaching that accords with godliness mm. and that's that other place that eusebia that is the other main uh, theme that people usually identify within the pastorals. Another Greek godliness. word there, yeah. 
Yes. And that's, yes. And that's a, that I didn't, wasn't sneezing on that one. I'm sorry, folks. I slipped into that. The hardest part with godliness is most folks, whenever they bring up godliness as they think is, uh, oh yeah, cleanliness is next to it. And right. Yeah. And it's kind of like, Hmm, I'm not sure if they live in the same neighborhood. Uh, Probably but, should uh, do some laundry. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Get to your laundry. No, that was not the point of the message. <laughs> But you, those you people are just idea. trying to put, they're just trying to apply Leviticus. Okay. That's I get why, it. Yes. If it's unclean, make it clean. <laughs> I got you. And, yeah. you know, that's the, the, the hardest part because there's sometimes we have a word we use like godly mm-hmm. and we don't really have any filling for it. Yeah. Like, what is that? And, and, and the thing that I usually try to tell people again, I'll pick on Floridians because I'm down here. Nobody from your audience is probably going to be there. Uh, Sean, you always carried yourself as an old soul. And so it just makes sense that as you retired from Asbury, you moved down to Florida and started a new life. <laughs> yeah, the shuffleboard. I mean, the call of it, I couldn't leave it alone. The sawdust on it. I mean, it was good. <laughs> what else can you do? I've been accused, so I just as well enjoy. Right, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's uh, one of the things I try to tell folks about godliness is, and I know this, maybe, maybe it happens in Corpus Christi, Corpus Christi. I don't know. You'll see folks all of a sudden pass you, pass you, pass you. And all of a sudden, there's all these brake lights when people get near a police officer in the median. Mm. Yeah. And it's not that all of a sudden the cars responded. <laughs> it's that people were all of a sudden reminded, oh, there's an authority that won't like what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I could be doing something dangerous. I'm, yes, this might not pass muster. <clears throat> and this and might be an unhealthy what, way to drive. This might be unhealthy, it might be not hail and whole. And, <laughs> but what is it? It's not that we haven't had signs the whole way. Right. It's not that we didn't have a speedometer. It's that all of a sudden we're reminded of authority. Mm-hmm. What if somebody lived their life mindful of that authority? Yeah. Yeah. That, because what people will usually say, well, nobody caught me. No, there's, but that's not like saying nobody saw you. Somebody saw you. There's a yeah. God who sees, and he wants me to be holy as he is holy. Yeah. And that's that idea of that godliness. And so we instantly get to this teaching. There's a teaching that is sound, and it leads to godliness. It promotes it. It instructs it. It yeah. says, this is the way you should walk. Yeah. Anyway, that's, to me, that's good stuff. Man. Absolutely. And I need yeah. that. Yeah. And I need that. We need to remind each other in our services. Folks, mm-hmm. God is with us. He is pre- his Holy Spirit is dwelling among us, yeah. and we need to be mindful of that and conduct our lives in that way because He is with us, yeah, in holiness. We're recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, last night was uh, was a was our last Monday night men's Monday night football devotional group. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's been one of our one of our most fun life groups, um, <clears throat> and it's for guys to come kickoff we watch the game till halftime tv goes off and we have uh devotional and bible study as long as we go and then we turn the tv back on like we're not beholden to the 15 or 20 minutes of halftime or whatever <clears throat> and so last night we were going through romans 12 and i had talked about um you know because it's tuesday january 4th 2021 uh two, 2022 and so we you know new year's eve was pretty re- or new year's was pretty recent a lot of people make resolutions so we kicked off questions about resolutions and you know have you made any and if not do you have any goals and so we kept walking down the lines like all right how do you make like how do you keep the goals that you make and we read through romans a selection of romans 12 like any goals in here that you think that you might want to um want to make is there anything in here that particularly stands out to you and as we continue to talk about that collection of solid spiritually healthy ethical teaching in uh, in romans 12 i mentioned how you know these are the kinds of behaviors that lead one to spiritual health mm-hmm. and spiritual health is the you know the necessary component one of the necessary components for spiritual growth and maturation and that is that is precisely the same kind of thing it appears paul is doing in these pastoral epistles he is Mm -hmm. urging timothy and titus and giving them a lot to work with Mm -hmm. to be able to share with other people hey here here are the behaviors that lead one 
to healthy spiritual growth and development. And and it's so interesting you mentioned that one um, because um, one of the things he also talks about that um, is so important in Second Timothy, mm-hmm. um, Second Timothy two one. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And I like what you said earlier. There's resolutions we're making, yeah. but we're we know that we're going to be asking for the grace of God. Going to Hebrews, we're going to be asking for help in time of need mm-hmm. to be able to actually make these things happen. Yeah. It's by the grace of God, his sanctifying power working in us. So praise the Lord for that. It's all of his doing. Um, but I'm also responsible. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's him that is at work in me to both want to do it and to do it. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And that, yeah. that's all good stuff. But one of the things he also says, um, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witness witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And that's not just in part the information mm-hmm. that's, they will be the example. They will be living it themselves. Yeah. They will be practicing it and healthy, and they will be able to actually train other people in living that way as well. Yeah. You had mentioned earlier about how you were a model for looking at something one way and then needing to adjust your expectations. Totally. It seems like Paul is essentially encouraging Timothy or urging Timothy and Titus to do the same thing for these other people that they are now serving essentially as a Paul figure mm-hmm. for these other folks. Uh, be the model. That's uh, definitely a word that is, I feel like is, is maybe kind of a, a pedagogical buzzword these days, this idea mm-hmm. of modeling behavior and modeling in your students or modeling mm-hmm. you know, for your children, the kinds of things that uh, you want to see. I know I've felt that with, uh, with our two boys, uh, they're five and two, two-year-old will turn three at the end of this month. Um, it hit me really early on 2016 when I had a, when I had a brand new uh, baby boy, it's like, man, I need to be the kind of man that I want him to grow up to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at that point in my life, I kind of stopped and thought, and have I just wasted 30 years of my life? <laughs> Shouldn't I be farther <laughs> along by now? <laughs> anyway. Anyway, well, but, you know, but see, to me, that's also part of the model as well. And this is the part of thing, because there's another thing you almost didn't say that I kind of grew up with. Um, we had some uh, prominent falls and failures. Mm. Um, we don't want to put anybody up on a pedestal. Sure. And so that was the mantra. And so nobody wants to be up on a pedestal or don't be too many teachers, you know, because of the greater accountability. Well, that would say live more carefully, live godly and holy. Don't just quit being teachers. <laughs> okay. We just Maybe said, we'll just scare cut, people cut. out of being, being teachers. Yeah. Being ministers or being examples, mm. being yeah. examples. And, or the other one, I would just say that somebody says, I can't be that, but I need to be that. So I'll put on the face that I am that. Yeah. And, and it's not, and he's not asking that either because yeah. one of the things that I've also had to model to people, unfortunately, what well, you've, you've seen it, you've, we've been in class together. Um, there's times at the Craig Miles infamous tongue, you know, uh, I've had to bring it to the altar and there's barely <laughs> enough space to lay it all out there. And <laughs> because, you know, a, 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 the tongue's t- difficult to control. I can also model, how do I repent and recover? Mm-hmm. How do I turn back around? We have those models of repentance as well. I'm not saying we should make it a habit of it. Hey, if you need to go see repentance, go hang with Craig Miles for a day. You, he'll have to repent many times. I mean, it's not like, that's not the model I want to be. Yeah. But also showing our children and, and, and uh, folks younger in the faith, maybe this is how to handle it when you've, you've gone the wrong way. This is how mm-hmm. to make things right. This is how to make restitution. Yeah. This is how to go to somebody, own it, apologize, ask for forgiveness. Yeah. And that's part of the model too. Paul does mention the humility from time yes. to time through these letters. And actually that will lead, and I, I know it's a later question about my favorite passage. That will be the one that I'll have to point to. All right. A little tease for later. Yeah. yeah. A little teaser trailer. Yes. <laughs> a little Coming in 2023. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to stretch out this at one episode for like. <laughs> yeah. That's phase six of the uh, Marvel plan. <laughs> the yeah. teaser trailer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, any other major emphases that you see here? We, We've touched a lot on the on the ethics and how that mm-hmm. theme gets woven, e- even in letters written to two different people. 
that yes. theme gets kind of woven in throughout here. Any any other major emphases that you can look at and think, man, you know, Paul really touches on these uh, one or two other things. Yeah, and I would say that the, the 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 pieces that I would say entail off of that is first of all, there it's not a harshness but a firmness to enforce this. And when I say enforce, that instantly brings authoritarian. I'm not trying to say it that way. That insist that this is the right way. Yeah. If if this is what you've been taught, then hold to that. And because there are other people that are going to try to twist it, move it, uh, curve it, and no, no, this is the right way. And this is the right life that mm. follows from that. Because he also, I mean, he talks about this is the right way. You can see these teachers. You can see by what they teach, by what they live, and where they end up by following that trail. Oh yeah, and right. Paul name name drops a few guys that have he does, which hurt, is hurt him seriously, and he has turned them over to Satan. Yeah, right. And and again, that sounds harsh in our ears. Mm-hmm. But what is he he's saying? He, they've gone a different trail. And that's not just destructive in their own, they're, yeah, they're just exercising their liberty. No, they're actually leading people astray. Yeah. This is not just about them. Yeah. And so this is about this truth that's been passed down. So I'd say that's the one. On the other hand, I would say, and this is especially in these times, I want to say it so delicately. We've had so many leaders that have been taken down by sometimes issues related to sex related to money, related to anger issues and mistreatment of people. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I guess that's a place where humility ought to come in for all of us. That can happen to me. Yeah, I personally have seen better men than me, better women than me, go down a terrible trail. They were closer to the Lord. They were further along on the trail. And so I want to take that not as a, I just need to give up. No, I need right. to stick even closer to him. Yeah. Yeah, and that's now that that boy, that's a downer. Yeah, everybody just said I'm switching this off. I want to go to an exciting <laughs> podcast, and <laughs> but it's it's not a it's not something to quit. It's a, when I was in the military, I actually used to have to run. The military for a while thought that I would have a chassis for running. They quickly abandoned that, but we would be running, <laughs> and you'd be running on a street, you know. And um, Sean, you're saying you're more of a workhorse than a racehorse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. This is more the three-quarter ton pickup than the Pinto. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's there's no doubt of that. And um, so. <laughs> A lot of rusty fenders too, but anyway, moving on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we would be running, you know, and, and you'd come up to a curb and you'd shout curb. And so you have this whole run of folks yelling curb as they step up one or step down one. Mm-hmm. And, and it sounds foolish and it looks repetitive because, but it reminds me, this is where it drops off mm-hmm. or this is where it steps up. Be careful and watch your step. And there can be that kind of thing in our lives too. This is a place that you could easily fall. And Paul's talking about stuff like that. Be careful about this. Flee this. Don't stick around with this. Run away from this. Yeah. In other words, when you see this, don't get near the fire. Don't get near the smoke. Run away from it. And I would just say some of the worst trouble I've gotten is when I stayed about five seconds too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. And yeah. I just say that, that there was times we should have left. So that's another emphasis, but it's a positive one. Mm-hmm. Do the right thing. Reminds me of the scene from Bonnie Python and the Holy Grail. Let me go back and face the peril. <laughs> there <laughs> you like, go. No, yeah. It's too perilous. <laughs> it's yeah. too perilous for you. You can't handle it. <laughs> yeah. But that's I, a positive I, one. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder too, we've been talking this whole time about really about the spiritual health and how Paul is kind of driving Timothy and Titus towards the things that are conducive for spiritual health. I, I wonder if, if Paul is, um, if Paul just has health on his mind because he mentions Timothy, Timothy's health at some point. So I wonder right. if there, I wonder if Paul is maybe kind of playing on that idea or, you know, and, and I don't know. I, I just thought about that earlier. It, it, it it could be just coincidental or there, there could be, you know, something maybe worth digging into there, but. Well, he cares know. about the whole person and he very much not so. afraid to give him some advice. Hey, take care of this. Yeah. Yeah. Because and I'll just say this, and I, I don't know if you've ever had to be in the pulpit, um, not feeling well. 
or go minister not feeling well. I've had it. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't back before we had bottled water, there was bottled Pepto-Bismol. And I remember that being the drink of choice, <laughs> at least during one sermon. We won't go into any more details of that. <laughs> and uh, so Paul's admonition to do something for your stomach ailments. I'm there. It's a strawberry and shake. That's what it's it is. A straw, I, yeah, that's what I fooled myself. Yeah, it tastes <laughs> just like it. A very minty one. Um, but you, you do. I don't think that there's a problem with that because from Paul's standpoint, he's dealt with a thorn in the flesh. Yeah. He knows the obstacle that it can be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so he does care about him. He does care about him. And also he gets it in his mind too. There's physical health and there's spiritual health. He's a man too. We don't usually talk about it, but he's a man that's experienced blindness. Yeah. He's experienced physical blindness. That was an outward manifestation of also him being spiritually blind at that point. Yeah. He gets it. He, he, he gets that, that, that holistic connection there of, of um, health, wholeness, restoration. Yeah. So I don't yeah. think it's a problem at all to say something like that. No. Yeah. I can see a connection there. Um, yeah, absolutely. And he uses it at various points that he mentions physical training at one point to, and yeah. how that is of some benefit. You know, spiritual yeah. training is of greater benefit. He talks about athletes and. Yeah. And he uses stuff. those examples. He's not ashamed of them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Sean, next, what kind oh, of, I'm uh, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, you, you'll get ready to ask some. I was just going to say, what uh, what sort of unique contributions do we find here? And yeah, I mean, if there's you know, if there's anything potentially controversial, because I, I know there's some specific instructions for specific kinds of people. Uh, we, oh, yeah, absolutely. We, we can or cannot get into that sure. as, as much as you'd like to. But what's what sorts of things do we find more, maybe more highly emphasized here in these uh, letters than maybe elsewhere? I would say the high expectations for leaders and at least the two yeah. different groups of leaders. And the, this is the hard one too, because once we take deacon, we take it as a particular title. Mm -hmm. The moment we see that we don't usually translate servant or minister in some way, yeah. although there's some places we still do. But I'd say that one contribution is the character of these people, the reputation of these people um, and their conduct, that there's a high expectation of leaders. And I wonder if sometimes, uh, first of all, you'd said maybe that scares some people out of it. Yeah. Um, but also, it shouldn't encourage us to hypocrisy. It should say, Lord, I aspire to be that. I'm struggling in this area to be that. I'm yeah. looking for your grace. Yeah. Let's, let, let's be that with sincerity. With a sincerity. Well, I want to actually be that in fact. Yeah. I want that to be the objective reality, not what people think of me until it all falls apart and it all comes out. Right. I actually want to be that. Yeah. And I would just say that that's, that's something I wonder if a lot of people are, are a little scared about, because once you aspire and declare that goal, you're saying, oh, I've put a mark on myself. It's too high. I can't get there. Well, by our, on our own, of course we can't, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't aspire to move there. And by God's grace, I mean, you just were talking about Romans 12. What is it? I mean, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can he sanctify us? Can he make us holy? Mm -hmm. Can he change me from what I am? And I would just say, you mentioned one of the things about youth ministry when I, even, this is at Wilmore. Yeah. And uh, I could see a place, you know, you can tell in the audience, I'm sure this never happens with you, but I'm just, with me, it was, you know, I'd say <laughs> I something. No it's going to go, but I'm excited. <laughs> you can tell the people in the audience are kind of, hmm, hmm. you know, they get that kind of troubled brow or Spurgeon would say they beetle their brows, you know, mm. at the slightest hint of, you know, yeah, exactly. The furrowed brow, disapproval, another one of these. <laughs> was, I've heard this message. I'm envisioning this scene with the, at the very beginning of the, the fellowship of the ring yeah. where Gandalf's rolling through town and there's a grumpy couple because Gandalf yeah. is making frivolity with the fireworks. And yeah, the, children are actually happy. So they're mad, of course. And, the, and, and this old, <laughs> older couple is kind of furrowed their brow. Yeah. Like if you look under frown, that picture is there, the dictionary. And, there it is. Yeah. Okay. and uh, so you get that idea. And, and what it was when I would talk about people, I'd say, well, of course, Jesus will meet people wherever they are, but he won't leave them there. Oh, preach that, my brother. Preach it. Man, that's what absolutely. And, I've said that time and again. God loves you the way you are. Yeah. Lucky for you, he refuses to leave you that way. 
Absolutely. He cares enough to, to not leave you in the mud publicly found gym. Yeah. And I mean, what we want to do is we run, run cable down to the prodigal son and get him a comfortable bed. It's like, no, get away <laughs> from the hog pen. What is wrong with you? No, I don't want pizza delivered there. Go home. Anyway, yeah. that's another rant. But yeah, and I could tell that that was my, especially teens were struggling with that. And they said, well, no, people are what they are. That's just what they are. And I started to get something. I'm like, okay, you had a little. So your your world. teens that you're pastoring in, in Wilmore, yes. they generally thought. I mean, like, that's just that's just who they are. Right, and 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 it's virtuous. You just accept them as they are, and it's like, well, I love you as you are, but I also understand that God has something healthier and better for all of us. Yeah, and and so He could change you. No, you. It's not right to change people. Well, He does change people. He does change people. He does not leave us the way he found it. As a matter of fact, that's the whole idea of sanctification. Yeah. And it I think is. that that's, that's, a, that's a struggle for that. I wonder if that's an obstacle or one of those uh, defeater beliefs that we're bumping up against that we don't even realize sometimes. Folks say, well, no, they can't change. What they're also saying is, I can't either. It was a, it was a pretty common, let, actually, let's, let's go historical for a second. Um, sure. <clears throat> There was a pretty common view in the ancient world, right? At least in the Greco-Roman world, that said that personality was generally fixed. Like, yep. you you didn't you didn't normally change. You were always kind of this way, which right. is maybe one reason why a lot of biographical works of important figures during and before, during and after Jesus's time don't feel a need to focus on you know their childhood, unless there's maybe a particular you know, instance of greater import because they would have been kind of essentially sort of the same way uh, mm -hmm. up until their adult life. But that's a fascinating because there are very clear attempts in the ancient world to, um, to modify behavior that might, <laughs> that might kind of, people, some people might kind of bristle at that, but mm -hmm. behavior modification would be something like, well, the law given for people or in an ancient mindset, Ethics and morality weren't typically the domain, typically weren't the domains of religion. They're mm -hmm. more typically the domains of philosophy. Right. But every, everybody was aware of some kind of philosophy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there were people who were tried, you know, died in the wool, you know, Epicureans or Stoics mm -hmm. or whatever else. And that but, is what they are. And that, is, and, and that is what they are. But then some other people could adopt that. Mm -hmm. yeah. and genuinely make some kind of change it's just fascinating to see maybe some kind of a recurrence or maybe people have always felt that way or always mm -hmm. thought that way well um, and, and i would yeah. say is, is there are there times in our own lives we adopt that because change we can acknowledge this doesn't always come easy yeah and i would say that is is it sometimes it's easier to say it's not possible than dare to attempt it yeah it that removes all need for effort it fascinates me when people when people accept what is ultimately kind of a, a low standard mm -hmm. for themselves mm -hmm. by simply saying, well, that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. it's like, have you never tried and successfully changed at any point in your life? Like anything meaningfully? Yep. Surely you haven't always been this fill in the blank <laughs> grumpy mm, right <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, haven't yeah. always been statler and waldorf there, there had to be a time when there was a, a bit of glimmer in the life it hasn't always been eternal <laughs> darkness has it <laughs> but yeah. you, but you wonder and, and and that's the kind of the the thing that we're really really kind of getting at with this is is it possible for people by the grace of god to be changed and i would say this we usually sing it it's one of the verses we leave off um in uh uh, in one of our Christmas songs, but it's Adam's image now efface, stamp thine image in its place. Second Adam from above, reinstate us in thy love. Wow! Hark what? the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Is that king. what it is? I was, I, I like, I was obviously in the process of asking what song it's from. Man, that's, yeah, that's amazing. But you get the idea, and this is the hard part. I'm not being taken back to Adam. Right. I'm being taken forward, being conformed to the image of Christ. Yeah. That's what the blueprint for Sean 2.0 looks like. Yeah. Now we're at 1.0000001 right now. And we got a lot of Windows 311s and 95s and 98s and Millennium Editions. And I'm really dating myself now um, to get to. 
Got a lot of software updates. Yeah, yeah, all the software updates. I mean, it will be a year to download the updates and install them. Um, But the thing we get the idea progress bar is slowly one pixel at a time one pixel at a time (laughs) we'll get there this year i I believe it (laughs) but the idea that um i'm being molded and made into him and that's the place when i start to say okay here's me wherever i am here's who jesus is and his teaching his living his faithfulness his love his mercy what's that gap that the Holy Spirit is closing. And what's the next thing he wants to do? If we could talk about the progress bar like this, because I know he wants me conformed to what Jesus is. Yeah. And that is precisely, to bring it back, Mm -hmm. that is precisely what Paul is driving at for Timothy and Titus, with particular application to the leaders that he is reminding them of. Yep. Let me ask you this question, because this comes sure. up, you know, um, a, a, you got to hang out enough with guys who are pretty thoroughly steeped in the tradition that I come from, uh, Churches mm-hmm. of Christ. Mm-hmm. And you know that we're Congregationalists, and we have um, elders and deacons in our, in our uh, congregations. Is this a, che- is Paul intending a checklist, do you think? Is he intending a checklist of, all right, for your elder, or you had used the word bishop earlier for folks who yeah, might get a little antsy about that. Um, there's a there's a handful of Greek words that get used to describe what yes. is often described as elder. Yes. One of those words is the Greek word episkopos, mm-hmm. which sometimes gets transliterated as episcopal, meaning mm-hmm. the type of denomination. Right. Uh, sometimes that word is translated somewhat into the word bishop. Right. Another word is presbyteros. Right. Where we get our word presbyterian, which yep. pre- a presbyteros is a, kind of an older, honorable man. Yep. That could be used in secular environments too. Just exactly. An older one, yeah. one of the elders mm-hmm. of a city or something like that, yeah. or a group. And so those those terms get used somewhat interchangeably to describe sort of, you know, one of the men occupying the leadership of the congregation. Sean, are these intended to be checklists? If you have all of these, great. But if you don't have one, you're out. Or is Paul giving Timothy and Titus kind of a general idea of, hey, or a a general picture of, like, hey, this is the kind of person that I'm looking for. And these are the kinds of things that they should be known for. Right. And that's the part is what some people want this to be is like Appendix C of the full church manual uh, from Paul. And so they want it to be, oh, this is the form that gives you all the requirements, kind of like a a college catalog. Yeah. These are the requirements for admission or requirements for graduation. I don't think that's the best way to look at it because everything else we've taken is in context. Everything else we've said is in a context of a letter being written to a person in a very real situation effectively a somewhat maturing church plant yeah in that respect yeah okay and uh it's not just happened but on the other hand it's uh it's not in its adolescence either right okay and so it's trying to get it established firm foundations and multiplication and establishing leaders in it under those conditions and with all the other ethical concerns, I think that's why the, the uh, listing that we do find is so much moved in that direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, that the, they need to be this. They need, don't, not this, not this, not this, not known for this, but instead for this. And this really gives some guidance, also some moral and ethical guidance for those people that are being called into this. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of life you need to be leading. We're going to teach you many other things. Yeah. We're going to take you many other places in the word, but this is the kind of person you need to be in. This is this tough thing, even for Jesus's followers with discipleship, they don't exactly have to, I mean, they don't have some kind of entrance exam. The first thing is, will you, will you put down your nets and will you follow them? Yeah. Will you leave your collection booth? Will you first of all be loyal? Will you stick with them or will you go back? Yeah. And now if you expand that list out, what do you see here? You talk about these, these are behaviors that are clearly consistent with the Christ way. And these are things that wouldn't be, and you don't want to be those things. And I would just say, even if somebody had one of those things that was a not good thing, 
then what should they do? Well, they yeah. should turn from it. <laughs> yeah, they should turn if they're as struggling as a, as a brawler. Well, then put down your dukes, <laughs> ask the Lord for some grace and patience, and that yeah. can be worked out because yeah. there are people that did turn from those things. And Paul even talks about that very honest. You mentioned Galatians earlier. He talks about it. This is what I was. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many of his things would have disqualified him? Yeah, you've persecuted the church. And I mean, <laughs> that's not on the list. Can't be a persecutor of the church. Well, of course he can't be, but he was. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. But he was, but he was changed. And I love that. That's where 1 Corinthians like 6, 9 through 11 comes in. He says, mm -hmm. not this, not this, not this, not this, not this. And such were some of you. Yeah. But now. And he said, we know your history. You know your history. I'm not bringing it up to hurt you. I'm saying, look at what he's done. He's washed you. He's justified. He's sanctified you. He's set you aside to his. Look at what you were. Look at what you are. And look what you're becoming by his grace. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. awesome. And so that's also the hard part for a lot of people. They have the script that they've been reading for the last 30 years. And they say, that's the only part I know how to play. Well, the Lord teaches us new parts. Mm -hmm. Well, you put down the script. He has new parts in this thing. You don't have to play the same old roles. Talk about, um, you know, the, the brawler. Yeah. Put your dukes down. Yeah. Leave the gun. <laughs> Take the cannoli. Yeah, the, uh, yeah there you go. <laughs> and I, uh, there's a song. Now, this is really dating myself. Okay. It was actually still on the radio. Um, but it was don't take your sons to don't don't take your guns to town, son. <laughs> Leave your guns at home, Bill. Yeah. Imagine now that was actually a, a country western song that yeah. was on the radio in the daytime. Okay. Um, and uh, but you get the idea here, but God can change that kind of person. Mm -hmm. And actually can I look at one scripture just to mention that this is one that I love. Yeah. And I will just, again, putting me out there on the line, it's because I've had to, it's had to be used so much to help me because mm -hmm. inherently you've heard me. And sometimes when I'm on a point and dogging it down and everything like that, um, I can not always be as gentle as I ought to be. And he's had to teach me gentleness. This is one that's so helpful you must me. have been a lot feistier in your earlier days at Asbury. Oh, mercy. I, I, I remember you near the end of your coursework. I think we had a couple of classes together. Yeah, I slept I, a lot. I, I had a shawl on. I, I had a blanket over my legs. <laughs> People were pushing me. And I ate soft food. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember feisty, Sean, as, as much. Oh, okay. maybe, may, maybe some mutual friends kind of drew that out. Um we, we well, won't name names, but yeah, that's true too. But uh, yeah, no shout outs on that one. I can think of um, one in particular. Yeah, you know, who but, might have um, spent some time in Texas. You <laughs> might have, you know, but uh, but you know, the funny thing about it too is, you know, how I'd start off a lot of things, and this is a shout out to T and Ben. You know, I don't mean to be mean, <laughs> but it usually means the next thing I'm going to say is mean. I'm about to be, yeah, I'm about, I'm to, about to be, I'm about to drop on you, drop one on you, you, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so anyway. Getting, we actually have a scripture at the end of this, folks. Hang with us. Hang with us. Okay. Uh, this is in uh, 2 Timothy 2, and it's about uh, verse number 22. And it's talking about these uh, vessels cleansing themselves from what's dishonorable, a vessel for honorable use. Verse 22, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness. Yeah. I just love that picture. Run from this. Run after this. Yeah. What am I chasing? And I've had asked myself that at sometimes. What are you chasing right now? Mm. Yeah. What are you chasing? What are you chasing? That this that's not the peace, but it's almost there. So pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have that pure heart is one other sub-thing that's mentioned. There's other places from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies you know that they breed quarrels. Mm -hmm. Now that's interesting. And especially in our charged atmosphere right now, that's valuable advice. Yeah. Right. They're just, there really does seem like it in all the times that Paul will mention, don't talk, don't argue about words. Mm -hmm. Don't get hung up with this kind of stuff. All of that to me, I, I can't help but think, it's Paul urging Timothy and Titus to become more mature 
to rise above some of the kinds of what could be really ultimately petty arguments mm-hmm. that are ultimately meaningless mm-hmm. that distract from um, distract from the goal. I wish we could get some kind of examples of what some of these arguing about words are. Because if you look at the history of the church, mm-hmm. especially as creedal statements begin to develop through the history of the church, mm-hmm. there's a lot of wrangling about words. Absolutely. And, and folks so, being anathemized and right. Yeah. But I, unfortunately, like, I, I would love, I, I would love to know, okay, well, like what, what are the kinds of things that Paul is mentioning here? But if we can extrapolate some kind of, yeah, if we can extrapolate some kind of principle from that, it would be, you know, grow and develop beyond these, learn to see what are the things of first importance. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm at a point now with my five-year-old where I'm, I'm needing to tell him every couple of days, like, yes, I know you can go do that thing now, but what is most important at the moment is I need you to put on your socks and shoes. <laughs> Yes. We're literally about to walk out the door. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. Yeah. And that's a hard thing. Is, is, but what you've said there is so important. What is it that's even more important? And the hard part for me, especially when I was younger, still sometimes I can get caught up in it. I want to win the argument instead of want to win the person. Mm. Yeah. Easy and, to do that. And, and I, honestly, I need to quit settling for the lesser and go for the greater. And that's, that's that last piece of what he says. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, verse 24, but kind to everyone or to most people, or at least the ones that are in your circle. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> but he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Now, there's so much in there, but I must not be quarrelsome. Yeah. I must not be. And instead, I actually need to be kind and gentle to everyone, not just to the agreeable ones. Yep. And what is at stake here? Their souls. Right. Nothing big, right? <laughs> Nothing big. No pressure. <laughs> Yeah, but and that's the hard part is is remembering at that moment. I want them to say it my way. No, no, I want them to know him, so mm-hmm. they will say it his way. Yeah, and and that's the the part that is such a struggle in the moment to fight the warfare the right way for the right ends. Mm-hmm. And I've and I've I've messed that up many times. I'm trying to get better about that. Trying to check, and I also invite people in. I asked my wife, you know, after most conversations. Um, how, how do you think that was handled? How do you think that was received? Would it, yeah. Was there a place where I lost the person? Yeah. And, uh, and, and we can invite people into that with accountability, people that we trust that would lovingly correct us and tell us about our blind spots. Yeah. And I, I just appreciate that because this is a wild thing. There's us doing his, his will, God's will, but there's other folks that are enslaved right now doing the devil's will. Mm-hmm. And that's what's at stake. And we think of even the words of Jesus. The son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's his concern. That ought to be my concern. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get my quarreling in the way of that. So anyway, that's to me, that's one of, you didn't ask about my favorite, but that's probably right there with it because it's been so practical and helpful and challenging for me over my ministerial uh, life. Let me ask about that favorite now. If there yeah. were a favorite passage or maybe a couple of passages. Well, I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> I've been preparing for just such a time. I've been preparing for just such a moment. Actually, uh, pretty much without, without question, it's one that a lot of folks don't go to, but it's uh, Titus, um, it's Titus uh, chapter number uh, three. And... Um, because there's so much in here and there's so much back doctrine you'd need to know. And I'm talking about theology and doctrine. Is that the statement I mean, like, about Cretans? Yeah, <laughs> not that. No, that, that, yeah, I know that's in a lot of people's life verse, but no, that's not it. Um, my other favorite one is from the gospel. They did eat and were filled. And uh, so that's become a life verse. For, 
<laughs> the Baptist potluck. No, <laughs> no, that is not it. No. But it is. Um, this is good because it ties it together in what we've been talking about. Mm. In Titus 3.1, it says, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. And then, of course, my favorite word in the Bible but but when the goodness and loving kindness of god our savior appeared he saved us not because of works of right works done by us in righteousness but according to his own mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the holy spirit whom he poured out on us richly through christ, jesus christ our savior so that being justified by his grace we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life so much there yeah. But it talks about the life you live because of whom you believe and what he has done and that it wasn't of you. There's so much there. I love that. So if, if there's any go-to that I'm probably turning to the most in my Bible here on the screen, it's going to be Titus 3. Yeah. And it had been a while since I'd read Titus. And so as I was reading through it earlier today, it's like, man, this is good stuff. Oh, it's powerful. And, and, and also penetrating. And, and I realize how I like to be perfectly courteous towards some people. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And he just doesn't allow that. And you don't need to do a Greek word study. All means all. Yeah. In central Illinois, we'd have a, there's an old preacher used to do that. We're going to do a Greek word study. The word all in the original languages means all. <laughs> It's like, you know, it's like, I'm not sure what that proved, but anyway, <laughs> it was to hit the point to speak evil of no one. Yeah. To avoid quarreling, to show perfect courtesy toward all people mm -hmm. and how far I fall from that mark at times. But by his grace, he wants me to be there. And he has grace to help me be that today. Mm -hmm. Man. Yeah. Sean, as we wrap up our time together this afternoon, any uh, any final kind of home runs or mic drops you got for us before we before we close out? You know, biggest thing that I would just say, thank you to you personally for allowing me here, mm -hmm. but thank you to you for being that Second Timothy two two type of guy. You're passing this on to a few faithful people who will be able to teach others also. Thank you so. for doing that. Yeah. And so that's part of what you're trying to do with this podcast. That's what you're trying to do in ministry and praise the Lord for it. This is how it's done. This is how it's done and how so folks 400 years from now, 500 years that the Lord delays his, his, his return is coming, that there will be people say, yes, there was somebody, I don't know who it was back then. God knows, mm -hmm. but our labor is not in vain. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So thank Sh you. Sean, that's very kind, sir. I appreciate it. And, um, I am hopeful that this, uh, you know, selfishly, I'm hopeful that this will continue to grow. Um, mm -hmm. cause it's, I mean, it's, it's a thing that I produce and I, you know, and, and, and proud of it, but I, I do recognize that there are, there are folks like yourself who are doing good work and have good things to say. And I want to be able to give, uh, give like guys like yourself and others opportunities uh, opportunities to, to continue to share that, uh, share that good word and, and maybe hopefully, um, reinvigorate some folks about the pastorals and how, how deep they can be. And they're, they're typically viewed as, uh, as pretty practical, mm -hmm. but also richly theological and, yeah. um, and incredibly meaningful for, um, for so many folks. Yeah. They might even help us today. <laughs> they might, I, I, they might even be helpful for today. And, and I think they are, especially these times, because we can be a people, not just an odd people, but a peculiar people, mm -hmm. a people that have a different ethic, a people that have a different life within them. And that shows forth. And this is that this is the Christ way. Agreed. Mm. Dr. Sean Craig Miles, my favorite rabbi. Ah, <laughs> thank you. Little inside joke. Yes. Sean, I've always appreciated you, sir. And uh, take care, and we'll uh, talk to you later, okay? 
Hey, God bless. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.